Knowing I was a bandit on hell-bent wheels from the moment you laid eyes on me, you inhale. Alluring with mysterious beauty, wearing just enough imagination to send your curiosity into a frenzy. Losing yourself in every peak of the ink engraved in my skin, the permanent symbols of my self-expression you can only see me in color in a room full of grays. Walking art like this was like a night in the museum you exhale. Watching a silhouette made from the kind of curves that pop buttons and bust through seams, biting your lip, you inhale. Aesthetically addicting, all you can do is stare as I glide past you. Wide eyes soaking up every step in slow motion. Quenching your affinity for the female anatomy, your vision flows to the source of my tempo. <laughs> An ass that marches to the beat of his own congas. Hips swaying side to side, causing a rhythmic wave from cheek to cheek. A rhythm you can barely keep up with, but you would die trying. I feel the heat from your stare, look back, eyes lock, I smile, you exhale. The room fell silent, except for the sound of my black silk dress rubbing against my soft skin. It was like music to your ears. A, a melody played on heavy rotation for the rest of the night. If only you could whisper your fantasies into the wind in hopes that they would reach my lips to softly kiss confessions of your lustful desires onto them. If only you could taste every word that never left from the tip of your tongue in hopes that they would give you the courage to, fuck it, you take a step forward, <laughs> you inhale. In comes the scent of an essence blended with the extracted oils of flowers grown in meadows of passion. Smells mouthwatering. But you've never had a wildflower like this. Flavors of my skin flood your palate. And the hunger to map your exploration takes over you. From the curve of my smile to the base of my neck and all the way down to an arch that puts St. Louis to shame you. Exhale, as my voice breaks the silence in the room, time froze. You listened to my melodious words for what felt like hours. I spoke of street art and 90s classics, of revolutionary solutions and political antics, speaking your language with a stew of F-bombs, attitude, and a culturally enriched New York accent starting to feel your soul slowly detach like it's being snatched. You stood as still as a statue with an erection as hard as marble, wondering what other intellectual masterpieces reside hitting behind this canvas, only fathomed in your mind when your eyes are closed and even in the darkness, you can see my light. A growing portrait of inescapable decadence permanently etched behind your eyelids. You inhale. Something standing in my peripheral. I turn to look, eyes lock, I smile. You exhale. Heart pounding against your chest like a caged prisoner fighting for a way out. You inhale. 
the room resumes its existence and you can no longer stand apart from this destiny. One more step turns into another and another until you stop within arm's reach. I turn, look again, eyes lock, I smile. Hello. You exhale and finally utter the words that make it out of the wreckage of your mind onto your lips. You say, that's my piece. <laughs> Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With poetic block. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with poetic black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here today. Spoken Soul family, what's good, what's good? Spoken Soul family, what's good? I hope you're on your path today. I hope you're in pursuit of your dreams. I hope you're not allowing anything or anyone to impede your progress, to impede your path. I hope you're focused and on your journey. Spoken Soul Family, what's good? We got a good one lined up for you today. I have no other, none other than my special guest in the studio today. This poet is phenomenal. You may know her, but let me give her the introduction she deserves. I'm talking about none other than the poet, Jay Rose. Jay Rose is a spoken word artist born and raised in Queens, New York. Her love for hip hop inspired her to start writing poetry over 20 years ago. In 2015, she decided to take her poetry from paper to the stage. And since then, she's been featured on all stages of New York, such as the New Yorican, Inspired Word, uh, Open Mic, the Inspired Word NYC, the Open Mic Renegades, Bronx Poetry, and many more. She's been interviewed on multiple platforms, including QNS.com, Master Plans, SWB Radio, Inc. Magazine, to name a few. In 2018, 
she established a creative platform called The Rose Garden Events and has grown to become a powerhouse beyond her local community. Jay Rose has expanded to curating and hosting performance-based events such as monthly open mic nights, showcases, fundraisers, small business expos, Vendiva Expo, and more. In 2020, her creative journey led Jay Rose to media production and journalism. She launched her first talk show entitled The Jay Rose Experience, where she brings an intimate look into the creative process of poetry, music, art, and entrepreneurship from the perspective of poets. What started out as a New York City-based talk show quickly evolved into a countrywide project that is now a traveling talk show. The J. Rose Experience has now touched down in NYC, Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Tampa. In the midst of the 2020 global pandemic, J. Rose evolved into a pioneer in the virtual space. She was she was able to adapt the Rose Garden events to the digital demands of the world. She began to host virtual events uh, such as the Virtual Voices Open Mic Nights, the Hotline Erotic Poetry Open Mic Nights, and even Netflix parties to connect creative communities worldwide. J. Rose's mission to bring poetry to the mainstream media continued when she launched a miniseries called what you say, poet, where she has where she has one of the one virtual chat, a one on one virtual chat with poets from all over the world. J. Rose has now she mentors many poets and entrepreneurs looking to find their creative path. She facilitates spoken word on um, workshops that teach children and young adults how to use poetry as the voice of their communities. She has also collaborated on other workshops with organizations such as Luminous Minds Project. Uh, and awful good writers. J. Rose is an a J. Rose is on a journey to fulfill her purpose in life, which is provide a safe space and outlet for artists and business owners to be seen and heard. Her belief that there is no such thing as a garden with just one flower is the driving force for her behind her consistency and dedication to serve the artistic community. Ladies and gentlemen. Without any further ado, let's welcome to the Spoken Soul Session Studio, none other than Miss J. Rose. Hey, my queen, what's good with you? What's good with you? How you doing? <laughs> Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm doing well. Thank goodness. <laughs> most definite. Most definite. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy to actually have you in the studio because, you know, you like a low key celebrity. You know what I mean? Your name <laughs> ring bells. Your name ring I bells heard. in New York. Your name <laughs> ring bells in NYC. My queen, man. I'm so happy to have you here, man. So let's get let's delve right into the nitty gritty. All right. Yeah, all right. The one question that I ask all my guests when they come on the show because I like to get the perspective of different artists because you know how poets think. So right. my one question that I have is Miss J. Rose, the poet. Why? Why spoken word? Why poetry? Oh, um, that's a good question. Um, I guess for me, it was uh, I've always loved hip hop. I've always been a fan of lyricism. Um, words have always fascinated me. 
um, I just never felt like I was like a rapper. So um, I had dabbled into poetry. Um, and when I saw um, Deaf Poetry Jams um, mm. back in the days, that was very, very inspirational. I, I had never seen poetry um, expressed in like a spoken word way. And when I saw that, it was so close to hip hop for me as far as the lyricism goes that I was like, oh, I, I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, so I started writing uh, at the age of 16 and uh, I've I've haven't stopped. I've been writing since then. Um, I only started stepping on the stage first and performing about maybe seven years ago but i've been writing for over 20 years wow um, and it, yeah it, it, for me it's it's just a way of me still embodying that lyricism that i always loved mm. and admired in in hip-hop growing up um so you know i just fell into the whole poetry world i was like this is it's pretty cool i could do this <laughs> most definitely man we glad you're here though definitely glad you're here so tell us a little bit about because i've been checking out your episodes your uh your virtual open mics you got a whole bunch in the archives i mean you got you, you got a whole bunch of them and those shows let me tell you those shows are dope man I'm talking about oh, wow. dope. Thank you. The art, the artistry, you know, I mean the different artists that you have coming on the show. They're dope. And I love the vibe of the show. So tell us a little bit how did that actually get started? Your virtual open mics. Because it's pretty big. I mean, you have a lot of artists that come on that show. But yeah. tell us a little bit about that particular show. Um, I mean, that's definitely something that like exploded beyond what I had any expectation I had. Um, it was really just me trying to maintain the, the service that I provide to the creative community. I've been hosting events, live in-person events for a few years now. And once the whole quarantine thing happened in 2020 and we weren't, nobody was outside, mm -hmm. um, I felt like I still had to continue serving my purpose. And so I had had a conversation with a friend and um, another another host also had a very similar conversation with the same friend. And so he was like, hey, Jay Rose, um, why don't you talk to Leah V? Because she wants to do a virtual open mic as well. And I think that you guys would be great together. And um, I, I, I knew Leah V before that, but I, I had never collaborated with her. So we joined forces and created virtual voices. And at first, for about seven or eight months, we were doing this every single Friday. It was every week. Mm. We were providing this space for people. And, you know, then we started doing it every two weeks and now we're doing it once a month because, you know, outside is kind of still open now. Mm -hmm. So we started going back into doing our in-person events as well. Um, but I still wanted to maintain that space for people because I, I realized that just because outside is open doesn't mean that I can just be like, all right, guys, I'm going to go hang out with my in-person friends and forget about all the connections that we made virtually. Mm -hmm. um, so we just, we, we just, it was just 
you know, we needed this, uh, especially during the, the quarantine when people were extremely depressed. A lot of people were losing money um, and because they couldn't get out there and, and, you know, showcase their artistry, which is like that was a source of income for a lot of artists. So we just wanted to provide this space for people to continue, you know, sharing their art. And it, it ended up unfolding into a, a space where like even people that w weren't into performing now felt brave enough and comfortable enough. Mm. You know, those introverts that always wanted to try it, but were always too scared to go to the open mic and stand on stage. For some reason, they all just got this like bravery to like do it from their own homes. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I didn't realize it was going to make such a huge impact on so many people's yes. lives. I, I just I was just doing what I felt like I needed to do for the creative community. And it turned into something where like we're worldwide. We have people that come from like Australia. They're like in Taiwan, mm. like people from all over the world, all over the country have graced the stage, uh, you know, our virtual stage. Um, so like, I'm really proud of, of this project of, of this platform I I plan on continuing it, even if we're just doing it once a month. Um, I, I've had so much great feedback from people that have have connected with other artists mm. and people have reached out to me and just told me how like virtual voices literally like saved their life through this pandemic. Mm. Um, people reach out all the time and tell me how how they had no idea that how much they needed it. Um, even myself and Leah V, you know, she had to go through the loss of her father, you know, during this pandemic and virtual voices was a space where she was able to come and heal and, and connect with others. And it's just, Oh, I'm, I'm getting emotional. I didn't even expect that. <laughs> it's definitely a, a great, it's a great, it's a great, platform because i went through the archives and i was watching the shows and watching the different artists that was coming on and watching you warm up the mic on all your episodes i was like wow man because i was looking for some of your work and i right. said you know what let me go on this joint right here and you warmed up the mic man you got fire yeah. pieces you surprised me <laughs> that, that you started off with yeah that, that like, piece right oh. there right <laughs> i was like Somebody was digging. Yes, 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 man. But the the platform is just is wonderful. And I love the way it's conducted because you guys give people courage. You know, the way you present the platform, I noticed that you guys definitely give people that courage to get up there and share because you make it a very welcoming uh, environment. It's a very welcoming environment. It's very easy. You, 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 you tell the people the rules and everything and everything is laid out so beautifully. So I want to definitely commend you on that platform, man. That's a great, I mean, a great platform. Now the, the other platform you have that I was checking out, cause you got mad episodes of that too, is the, what you say, poet. Now tell yeah. us, now tell us a little bit about the, what you say, poet. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Um, thank you for, you know, uh, acknowledging what you say, poet. I feel like that's a show that kind of got lost into the archives because mm. it was a temporary thing. Um, so again, you know, this pandemic really put a lot of people in, into a space where, you know, we had to be really creative on how we can continue pushing our art. And I had just finished filming the first season of my talk show, The Jero's Experience. And because we couldn't get back into the studios because everything was closed down, um, I, you know, I still felt like I needed to continue providing a space for mm. poets to get like individual shine. So I came up with this virtual talk show is just a po it was just a temporary thing. And, you know, that's that like exploded. I ended up interviewing artists from all over the world. Um, it, it really it was like one on one interviews. You know, it wasn't so much focused on like their artistry, like as far as their performance. It was just more focused on just them as a person and, you know, what makes them a poet and, you know, what makes them an amazing person human being aside from just being an artist it shows that like you know artists we we are humans you know we go mm -hmm. through trauma we go through through it through problems we we triumph we go through all these different things and a lot of times people get to see our art after it's created um, and I feel like this talk show, uh, along with the Jero's experience gives people an opportunity to 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 kind of see not just like where the art comes from, but they get to be a part of conversations that artists have with each other that like other people don't get to be a part of these conversations. Kind of like after, you know, like after the open mic, everybody's outside and they're talking and all these deep conversations start to surface just from people standing outside of mm -hmm. the, the venue. I wanted to bring the world into that space. I mm. wanted to let the world know, like, this is how artists talk to each other. This is how we interact. This is how we encourage each other. This is how we challenge each other. This is how we support each other. Just in case, you know, people don't get to be a part of these conversations with us. These are conversations that we have with each other because we understand each other on another level. And, and creating those shows was giving the world an opportunity to, to, be exposed to that those mm. type of conversations in those spaces that's that's dope that's dope because you're right and i'm thinking about it we do have those conversations that that vibe that before you about to go on poets they just naturally gather in the back somewhere in the right. lounge area and you know we going over lines we kicking it but it's the butterflies is there everybody you know everybody feeling that we giving each other that ease but that's dope that you can bring that experience to the world that experience yeah. that that little inside tidbit on what we go through in poetry man now listen my audience, they're going to get at me, man, because, you know, I hope you got some pieces ready to spit, man, because, you know, <laughs> I'll hear it. I'll hear it in the comments and the feedback. I'll hear it. Yo, you didn't have a spit. Nothing. Nah, nah. So, look, we're going to set up what we're going to do is we're going to set the stage up for you to come deliver your first piece for us. But we will have a, okay. a word from one of our sponsors real quick and then we'll get right back. Sure. Hello, 
This is William S. Peters Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Interchild Press International. First, I must say we at Interchild Press are proud to support my brother Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Interchild Press International offer to you his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code SPOKENSOUL to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at innerchildpress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are Interchild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.innerchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage to perform her first piece, give a warm, warm welcome to Jay Rose, the poet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm going to share this piece. It's titled Muse. It's a love poem uh, about long distance love. So uh, hope you like it. <clears throat> Baby, I'm here to tell you you're a gift. A blessing within chaos. I never expected you to exist. A muse falling from the very heavens, I praise the moment we met this virtual connection, virtually transcending into more than friends. Fantasies flooding the gates of my imagination as I surrender my heart to undreamed dreams I never imagined to dream. Admiring your stealthiness as you steal my hidden affection like the slowest thief in the longest night, one piece at a time, I oblige. Taking my breath away every time I look into your eyes. Visions of standing close enough to gift wrap my lips wrapped around your whispers. Your voice vibrating through me, manifesting new life into my stars where there's consolation in the constellation of your words from afar. Alignment has never aligned with such grace. Lord knows I never felt more royal in space. Baby, I'm trying to tell you, you out of this world. Past cloud nine, dominating all layers of my mind. There's no hole in my ozone. Our conversations can't redesign. This type of atmosphere throws my existence off its axis. And now I know why all my exes made their exits. Caught between space and time, time and space like a palindrome. It doesn't matter which way you look at it. The message stays the same. It's writing on the wall. And I wonder if its density is a destiny that was meant for me. I must be betrothed to your essence like a queen made in the reflection of your presence where my gratitude builds you a throne of reverence. King, may I be the brightest gem to adorn your crown. See, I've built castle walls made of my shadows, but the smiles you conjure out of me shine a light through the loopholes. And for the first time in a long time, I could see my way out. I've always said, never fall in love with a poet, for they'll never love you more than words. But baby, you are language created for expression. And although the difference in our distance is a torture of time zones, five hours ahead just means you've always been in my future, baby. I'm here to tell you, you've got all my attention. And that's more than what I can say, what I'd pay anyone else they don't deserve to crave me like you do. 
yearning for unexpected mysteries, uncovering undetected vulnerabilities, exposing unperfected symmetries. Yeah, you always match my energy. We're designed to satisfy our sapiosexual drive. Like we're cruising on a Sunday afternoon, sharing sun rays on some days. What I do to share a breeze with you someday. See, patience isn't my strongest suit, but I practice wearing it if it means I share a new virtue with you. And some will say I'm falling for you, but baby, it feels more like I'm floating for you. Facing my fear of heights and love, ascending to this high with you, journaling this journey of joy with you, encapsulating our story in this love poem, you as my muse. And I'm just amused that I ain't even have to write this shit. You read it in my eyes long before the words came to my mind and made it to my pen how beautiful it is to be seen. Our fluency and love languages rekindle flames of past lives. A reminder that I'm still alive with poetry bursting at my seams. I build an arc of sonnets to carry me across uncharted seas as long as you're here to read it. That's my piece. That's, that's, that, it's, it's so funny that you would recite that piece. It's so funny you recite that piece because between the two pieces that I was going to play in the beginning of the show, <laughs> that was the other one. I was going to request that one and you, and you gave me that one right off the rip. That joint is fire. You performed Thank that you. on, you performed that on virtual voices, right? Uh, the, vir- yeah, the virtual yeah. voices and that was the episode when you had a new co-host. It was a it was a different co-host. I think it was that episode. I forgot the sister oh, name. It might have been um Gaia. Yeah, Gaia. I, Gaia. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And you she, did it. Uh, oh yeah, she man. And helped out when uh when Leah V was uh, handling her, you know, her family business. Mm. Um so yeah, thank you so much. That, I'm, I'm proud of that piece. That piece is official, <laughs> but you're gonna have to tell us a little bit more about that piece. Like what inspired that piece or who inspired that piece? <laughs> Inquiring Ooh. minds would like to know. Oh, you are taking <laughs> Okay. Um, well, you know, I I I was exploring long distance uh love at the time. Um I had met somebody overseas and um you know, we had a really strong connection and it was, uh, it was really nice. And he was, uh, he's in the UK, which is five hours ahead from New York. Mm. Um, and I don't usually write love poems. Um, that's not really my thing. Mm. Um, but I was inspired, you know, you know, he's also a poet. So, and I don't usually date poets, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) I was trying something different (laughs) (laughs) and, um, it is, you know, just, you know, it felt good to feel for someone again, Mm. um, after coming out of a long, a long-term relationship, um, that, you know, turned, it ended in a very toxic way. I I was very heartbroken for a long time and I really didn't have much hope in love. I really didn't think that like I had the ability to care for another um, man the way that I, I had in my past relationship. Um, so it gave me hope because I, I did have really strong feelings for this person. Um, so I, I wrote the poem as a homage to to you know, being able to like love again. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't think it was possible. So 
it was a way of me to kind of like embody and, and kind of sa- savor that moment in, in my poetry. Mm, that's that's profound, Queen, because that poem right there is everything. I Thank mean, it's you. so it's so descriptive. You know, you can find yourself just just going through the stanzas and just like, wow, man, I see that piece of my life. I see that part of my life. And, you know, what I mean, you can the vividness that you gave to the the description of this 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 person. Yeah. You know, I felt that love. I really did. I felt that love. You know what I'm saying? And that's what a poem is supposed to do when you can you can spit something that somebody can really internalize and feel. Because right. I felt that piece. That piece is fire, man. Thank you. Fire. It's definitely one of my, you know, out of 20 years of written work, I think that's one of my favorite pieces that I've written. Um, I wrote it about around this time last year, actually. Mm. It's, it's dope. It's because I was gonna play that one. I had that one cued, and the and and the and the one I played. I was like, I'm yeah. gonna request. I'm gonna request that one live, and that was the first piece you spit. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's fate. You know what I mean? But Word. yeah. So so let me ask you, Queen. Let me ask you, being that because you you're a poet. You're a poet, and you're not just a poet. You're a curator. You're very on hands involved with the poetry world with the poet with poets you you rub hands and elbows with poets so what what's the recurring theme you see why is it that it's so hard for poets to get paid why is it so hard for poets to get paid i'm talking about like i just use you as an example like your show you know what I mean? For us to for, for the way we feel about poetry, your show should be one of the top shows. It should be like an Oprah for poets. You dig <laughs> what I'm saying? Like oh people, we, we should be so looking forward. Yeah, we should be looking forward to the show. So right. I want to know why is it what's what's preventing poets? Because I know you're on your grind. I know you're on your grind. And right. the the J Rose experience, the virtual voices, and and what you say, poet. You've traveled all over the country with these shows, but I know you know from experience that what is it that's preventing poets from going mainstream or not even Mm -hmm. going mainstream but getting mainstream money mainstream resources um part i mean there's i mean there's obviously a whole list of different reasons as to why it's um not as as mainstream as like you know like a singer or a a rapper Mm -hmm. um but one of the things is that um, a lot of poets are afraid to put a price on their art. Mm. Um, they feel like even poets themselves, like they feel like they want it. They should be getting paid, but they don't really believe it, mm. you know. And and a lot of poets, you know, kind of just fall back and give up on the grind. You know, it's like just like a rapper has to grind to get paid to to get to a point where they're getting paid to rap, you know, or singer has to grind to get to a point where they're getting paid to sing. It's the same thing for a poet. Mm. You know, I've I've put in my work, I put in my time, I put the blood, sweat and tears and all of that into into my craft and people, you know, a lot of a lot of poets lack consistency. Mm. And, you know, I that's something that I take a lot of pride in is I'm super consistent and I'm at a point now where nobody is going to reach out to me and not offer me to get paid to Mm. perform or feature on their platform. Like that's not I don't even have to ask anymore. You know, people automatically know and assume that I'm going to charge for my art. 
because of my consistency, because of my grind, because I'm in the trenches and um, I'm putting that work in, people respect that. You know, and now people reach out to me. They'll be like, hey, would you feature? You know, I, I say yes. And if they don't, they're not talking about, they're not talking price, That's then right. I'm going to bring it up in the conversation. Like, is this a paid opportunity? Because I need to get paid for my art. That's right. You know, um, so and a lot of poets are afraid to kind of like put a price on on their art. Mm. You know, they're afraid to ask if, the, if this is, I mean, it's, it's either a paid opportunity or it's not, exactly. you know, there's no in between. There's no, maybe I don't know. And like either you paying me or you not, mm. you know, and, and I like to have the freedom to decide if I want to do something for free and not get paid for it, you know, which I do. I perform for free often, you know, but then I also perform to and get paid. That's often, right. That's right. You know, so I, I create, and not only do I do that, but I also try to create paid opportunities for other poets because that's important for me. And, you know, this this platform, this talk show, all of that is so that I could put poetry on the map and like have people not just poets respect themselves enough. But I want other people to respect poetry just as much as they respect a, a, a rapper or, or a singer or a visual artist. Um, you know, it's all art it's all poetry, you know, and I, and we deserve to get paid just as much as the next creative. Um, and it's, it's the problem is that we're not, a lot of us are afraid to like, to ask for mm. the money. And you know, and you we, know something that's so profound because of the fact that like I've, I've interviewed different artists and you're the first one that put it to that, put, put it in that perspective <laughs> that, cause you're right. Because a lot of people are afraid. They are afraid yeah. to say, all right, look, I'm going to charge you this because they're afraid people going to look at them crazy or what for poetry. Because yeah. people, because artists do that so often, people expect poets to perform to for, for free. free. They yeah, expect because it. We're yeah. not, we don't charge. We're not charging and we exactly. have to charge. We're quick to like blame the world and say, mm. oh, the world doesn't respect poetry. They don't want to pay poets. No, you're not asking for money. Mm. You have to ask. That's you right. have to open your mouth and ask for money. And 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 people will respect you for that. You know, That's you right. put a price on your art, they're gonna respect it. Any respectable curator is gonna either say, Listen, I don't have a budget, but you know, like there's times where I've done events where I don't have a budget to to pay performers, you know, but I do my best to compensate them in another way. Like, oh, I'll give you some free drink tickets. I'll give you, you know, free free tickets for your guests to come. I mean, when I feature somebody, I immediately it's a paid opportunity off the bat. Like, mm. I don't even play around with that, you know, um, but. People are so quick. Poets are so quick to just like, you know, because we're poets, we're mad dramatic and sensitive about our shit. <laughs> be like, oh, the world doesn't want to pay us. They don't respect us. It's like, no, you got to put the respect on your name first. You mm. got to be consistent and you got to show people that you're worth every dollar that you ask for. That's right. You know, I've had poets that I've asked to feature that they're what they asked for to get paid was way out of my budget. You know, and I kept it real like, yo, this is an open mic. I ain't pulling in money like that for this. So, like, can you do it for this and drink tickets and a free table to vend your merch? You know, and, you know, I try to make it work another way. Mm, and if, they, if they're willing to work with me with that, then cool. But I, I'm not 
here to downplay nobody. I'm not here to tell somebody that they're not worth their asking price. I would I wouldn't do that with a visual artist. If I want a piece of art and I say, how much is that painting? And they tell me this painting's three hundred dollars. If I have it and I want that art, I'm paying three hundred dollars for it. I'm exactly. not going to tell that artist, oh, can you do it for one fifty? Who the hell am I to tell them how much their art and their work is worth? I don't know how many hours it took for them to paint that. Mm. I don't know how many hours, how how much their paint supplies cost. Same thing with a poet. I don't know how long it took you to write those four pieces that you're going to do on your fifteen minute set. I don't. I don't know the trauma that you had to write yourself through just to get that art out of you. Like I, who am I to put a price on that? That's right. I, so I, I love the way you put it. And while me, while we, when I went back looking through your archives, your shows, that's the exact sentiment that I got that you was really doing this for the artists, you know, because that's how I, I created this platform it was right. with the sole intention of providing a platform for, for artists can they can get recognized. So whatever right. whatever I can do to like, yo, look, look at this artist right here, man. Yo, check this artist out. Like I do a spotlight where I'll take random artists you wouldn't normally hear from and right. I'll play their joint or I will read their joints. So it's, it's, it's to get the ball rolling. You know what I'm saying? And I really appreciate your platform. And, and that's the exact sentiment I got when I went through the archives and looked through all your shows and listening to them. I was like, yo, she really cares and give a damn about the artist, man. And that's the yeah. number one tone that that's I number do. one <laughs> recurrent tone that I got, which is, which is official. But my, my audience is going to kill me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I'm not making you spit enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm in the presence, man. Like you are a celebrity, man. Like I really, <laughs> I follow, I follow your work, man. I follow your work and you're doing it out there, queen. So please, I don't want to get beat up by my, by my audience. <laughs> Can you come back and you do another piece for us, man? Let me set Absolutely. the stage for you. Let me set the stage. Coming back Absolutely. to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome for my sister and your sister, Jay Rose, the poet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, I guess I should have thought about this. <laughs> I have so much um work. All right. Um I will do I'll try to do as much new content as I can because I uh I have a lot of old stuff. But um I have a very vulnerable piece um about my my father. Um it doesn't even have a title, so I'll just go right into it. I've been torn apart like the spine of a forbidden book. Hiding within hardcover so no one can read the trauma between the lines. Ink weighs down on my chest, shortens my breath, and the pages begin to unbind. Who can be blamed for the narratives that broke my spirit? Is it the men who have walked away with chapters their illiterate hearts could never comprehend? Or is it the validation I saw from them? Or maybe it was the pages left blank by my father's pride, knowing he chose to keep misery by his side instead of the love that was right before his eyes. When did the man I once idolized get written in as the antagonist I now visualize? 
His inherited silence brought forth generational curses that I battled through my verses. Resentment follows me like shadows casted without light, feeling worthless, but I have purpose. And his toxicity was his choice. The bed he made to lay in. So if I never hear him say he's proud of me, that's okay because I still have purpose. For years, I watched my parents tear pages out of each other's spiral notebooks, leaving behind those annoying pieces of paper that always get trapped between the coils. You know, the ones that kept our family together. And I just wanted to stop the pages from running out. But it was one manipulative paragraph after the other. Lies, alienation, infidelity, verbal abuse. I keep going, but what's the use? Until I realized I never saw my parents truly love each other. Shit. They never even slept in the same room. That's my piece. <laughs> Yo, all the pieces, man. All the pieces that stood out to me. When I was watching your shows, you spitting them, and I'm not even asking for them. That's crazy. This is scary. This is scary, man. <laughs> Yo, that piece right there, man, it's that first line. That first line when you when you liken the pages being torn out of a book. Oh, my goodness. When I first heard that, I was like, because I wrote a poem for about my father. This, this right. poem that you, it, it touched me. Because, you know, you going, you going back and you looking like I didn't really have a, a relationship with my dad. I didn't really right. have that relationship with him. I met him a few times, but we didn't really have a real relationship. And mm-hmm. I wrote this poem called A Ride With My Father. And so happily, that was on my first album. And that, and that poem, that's, a, that's the one poem that I'm known for is that oh, poem wow. around my father. But that piece reminds me of that poem man like i would love to hear an audio book from you man <laughs> like like seriously like like hear an audio book man because your cadence is is crazy you give that emotion you give that emotion that right crackle in your voice when you say the word and it, it, it's like it's heart-wrenching but that Thank piece you. right there stood out to me it really did man and it, and it reminds me of that piece i did about my father and when you ended it off you said shit my mom and dad didn't even sleep in the same room. Yo. Right. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> That's... It's a very vulnerable piece. Mm. I really don't write about family. This actually, I, I very, very, I don't think I've ever written a poem that like referenced my, my upbringing or anything like that. And mm. um, that was just me in a way. I wrote that piece um, during a writing retreat that I did earlier mm. this year. Um, and it, it's just a part of me healing from my, like my relationship with my father. I don't have the best relationship with him. You know, we live in the same house, but we don't know, we don't really get along that well. He Mm. doesn't understand me. You know, obviously he doesn't understand that I'm a creative and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and work a nine to five and Mm. all that stuff. And uh, he, you know, judges the decisions that I've made in my life. And, um, you know, my father's never told me that he's proud of me. Mm. Um, And for a while, that was it always was something that was very difficult for me to it's very hard pill to swallow. Mm. Right. Um, And, you know, I had to write myself 
out of this feeling of like worthlessness, you know, and I had to, I had to, it's the pieces for me is a reminder that like, I don't need my father to validate me at all, you know, because I know that I'm, I'm pursuing my purpose. Mm. My purpose in life is to provide space for other people to, to grow and, and to, to heal. And, you know, this is all part of my purpose and he doesn't need to understand that because it's not his purpose Mm. to live. It's mine. And, um, it was also a realization of like my relationship with men in my past, you know, constantly feeling so dependent on codependent on men and feeling like I needed a man to like validate myself as a woman. Um, And I had to understand where that was coming from. And I couldn't keep blaming men for hurting me because the pain is actually pain and, and, wounds from my my youth my past and it's just the men just reopen those wounds Mm. you know and so not blame blaming them for hurting me is doesn't doesn't really matter because it's like it's old pain it's pain from not being validated as as a young woman by my father um so I, i had to learn to like accept it and be okay with the fact that he may not be proud of me or maybe he is and just does not know how to express it Mm. but whatever the case is it doesn't matter because I know that I don't need his validation to feel like I am complete or to feel like I'm I'm worth something you know he does not dictate my worth you know that's up to me that's my I put the value on myself not him Indeed, man. That's so profound because I I just did a podcast talking about those same points where I did a four part series. In in fact, I dropped the I dropped the third part today and um, and and yeah, I dropped the part three today and I got one more starting. But the the part that that stuck out to me, what you was talking about, I did a podcast dedicated to the sisters about consistency and then the other one about not being like, like, like just knowing that it's you, you're responsible for your own happiness It's your right. responsibility to be happy. And in the, in the, in the, in that episode, I was talking about how when you have two individuals, they say, Oh, you don't make me happy. Oh, I can't make you happy. No, no. person can make you happy. Only person that can make you happy is you. And you know yeah. what I mean? And knowing that, how you just broke that down, you know that your self-worth, because I'm telling you, hundreds of thousands of people who follow you, the people who follow you, that follow what you're doing, they care and they're very proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he don't he don't even understand how he big you no are. Idea. He don't have no clue. <laughs> he don't he don't have no clue who you are. Like, wow, no. like that's crazy. I wish that like there's there are times that I do wish I'd be like, damn, I wish that he could like see my dms and see the text messages like i receive mm. messages on uh, literally daily from random people people that i don't even know they're watching you know people constantly just telling me how much i inspire them mm. how much I, how proud they are of me like strangers that never met me in person are across the other side of the world rooting for me in my corner and and you know I, i'm like i, I wish he could see see that Mm. 
through those people's eyes. I wish he could see me through those eyes. But, you know, happiness is a choice. That's right. You know, you you decide if you want to be happy. And and I remember a, a young man, a visual artist that I, I met earlier this year had told me um, he said something that always stood out to me um, that he doesn't want to be with somebody so that they can make them happy. Mm. He wants to be with somebody so that he can share happiness mm. with that person. And I found that to be really like a really profound statement. Cause all this time we're always thinking of like getting into relationships and you're like, you're not making me happy. You're not making me happy. Well, sweetheart, happiness is your choice mm-hmm. and no one can make you happy, but they can share their happiness That's with right. you. That's right. You know, and you can share it with the, yours with them. Um, and putting it into that perspective is like really in, was really enlightening for me. Mm. It's deep. It's profound because you're right. Right, right. You can't you can't make no one happy, man. They got that's got to be something as a choice for you that right. you're going to seek out what makes you happy. And and if I'm the person that makes you happy, then so be it. But it's not me making you happy. It's you. That choice is on you. It's your choice. I think that's very profound. But that piece, it was a vulnerable piece. But that's what yeah. makes the greatest pieces, the pieces that that you you become vulnerable and people can see and, and they can relate to you even more, man. Because I'm like, wow, that's a phenomenal piece, man. And now yeah. that you put it into Thank context, you. you put it into context, it means that much more. It means that much more. I Thank mean, you. you are profound, my sister. You are, you are, <laughs> you are definitely profound. You're profound. You're beautiful. You. You're a dope spoken word artist. So tell us. Tell us, how was it like? Because I know you didn't touch stages. I read in your bio, you touched some of the the prominent stages in NYC. So tell us what it was like performing in the New Yorican. Because this is a classic. (laughs) This is like this is like our our Apollo. This for poets. This is like the poets Apollo, the New Yorican. So tell us, give out, give the audience a little bit of, you know what I'm saying, insight about performing at the New York. So (laughs) that's actually a really funny story. So I, the very first time I ever, 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 ever stepped foot on a stage to read my poetry was at the New Yorkian. Wow. And <laughs> I, um, I went by myself. Um, I'm the type of person that, you know, especially at the time I was in a relationship where, although the, the, the my partner at the time, you know, he was a supportive in some way. Um, he was not a creative to the level that I am. So he didn't really fully understand, you know, my, my passion for the arts. So um, I was going through a really like difficult, depressive episode. And I was always terrified of the thoughts of performing spoken word. Like it made me nervous. It gave me anxiety. My hands got sweaty. I was <laughs> like, Oh my God. And I had a few people that I did share my poetry with and they would always be like, you should perform. And I'm like, Oh my God, never. <laughs> um, and then I went through this like deep depression and I was like, I need to do something with myself. I need to try to do something different. I need to like, I need a drastic change. And instead of resorting to like, chopping my hair off or like dyeing my hair some wild color. I said, let me dive into this art. And I was like, let me go to New York. And I know there's an open mic. Um, It was actually like a a slam. And then they were doing like an open mic at the end of the the night. Mm -hmm. So I signed up for it. 
Now, it now mind you, everybody left after the slam, and only like ten people stayed behind for the open mic. Um, and they're all like gonna perform, so it wasn't like a big crowd, you know. Um, but already just having ten people watching me was terrifying. Um, and I did this piece titled the, the bad bitch syndrome it's one of my staple pieces like I, I actually um do this piece every every time I perform somewhere for the first time that's the piece that I do I'm no I'm known for that piece mm. um and of course the piece has been revised since then it's way better now but I like speed read through it right I think I did it all in one breath like I don't even think I breathed <laughs> at all. I was just like I was so nervous. I wanted to throw up. It was probably one of the worst performances ever, right? But I was so proud of myself for getting up on that stage, getting up on this legendary stage. Like, this is a stage I never in my life imagined being on. Mm. Um, and I always knew about the New York weekend because, you know, it's like the Mecca for poets. Mm-hmm. You know, I also, um, I, Back in in high school, I saw an independent film about Miguel Pinero, who mm. is one of the founders yes. of the New York the New Yorkian Poets Cafe, and there was a whole movie about his life. And after I saw that movie, I was like, I was infatuated with the space. And so for me, I was so proud of myself that I got up there. And even though it was a terrible performance, I I got through it, and people clapped, and I. Every time I got back on stage, it was a little bit easier. Mm. And just like a little another like funny layer to this story was um, that one of the poets that I got to see at the slam, um, she was her name is Queen Sheba. And I saw her perform. She's from Atlanta. And I saw her perform and I was like, oh, my God, I will never be that good. (laughs) Phenomenal. And then. Fast forward to 2020 when I went to Atlanta and I got to interview her on my talk show, you know, so it was like this full circle moment of like, oh, my God, I when I first saw you on stage, I was a groupie like I idolized. I thought she was amazing. I bought her book that night. And then fast forward to like six years later, I'm interviewing her on my show. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was like. When I got to have that op- that opportunity to interview her in person and have her on my talk show, like I got to look back and really be proud of like the growth that I that I that I've made that, you know, I went from a nervous wreck, you know, thinking that I could never be as good as she is to literally being an equal to her in the poetry community, because, you know, she didn't look at me as like some new kid on the block. She looked at me with respect, you know, and I wasn't the same girl she met six years ago when I bought her book at the New Yorican. That's right. You know, the growth that I, that I, that I, the, the, the path of growth that I went on was like bananas. So it was just like a nice full circle experience. But that was that was my first experience at the New York weekend. I actually was supposed to feature there last week. Wow. Um, but they canceled the show because everybody has COVID. Wow. <laughs> right That's crazy, man. Because the New Yo actually, come to think about it when I'm thinking about it, that was my first, that was, that was my first stage too. 
as performing poetry because yes. I'm thinking, but it wasn't a poetry platform that I performed, but it was in the New York. But it was, right. I don't know if you know um, Rome Neal. He do a show every month, the jazz, the banana jazz jam poetry joint. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or it's a jazz event, but he have poets to come from time to time. Right, and right, he, right. He, he, would, he would come to my store and this is this was the time I was writing my album. I was writing my first album. And he used to come to the store to put up his posters in the restaurant I used to work at. And and I was like, what is that? He said, Oh, it's a little jazz joint I put together in the Lower East Side. I'm like, Oh yeah. I said, uh, I said, You got an open mic? And he was like, Yeah, we got open mic, man. He wanted me to come to the show. And I was like, Yeah. Right. I, I, I was like, yo, I said, if you got an open mic, you know I me, mean? I'll come through because I'm a poet. He said, You a poet? I was like, yeah, I'm a poet. He was like, yo, come through. And I came through. And to this day, man, me and that brother's still cool, man. And, and he's a big deal, man. Rome Neal, he played in a lot of movies. He mm-hmm. played in a lot of Spike Lee joints. But he's a he's a real, he's a great actor. I seen like two of his plays when he did Monk. And um, yeah. he did Monk at the at the New York. I was there. I, I, I saw a, a viewing of it. And um, yeah. matter of fact, I'm hoping to have him on the show soon, too. But when, but I performed at the New York, and I didn't know the significance at that time. I didn't right. know the significance. But about a year after that, I got intro- I got invited with Jive Poetic because I went through the yes. um I went through the uh the the preliminaries with the uh you know the slam to get on the team yeah, 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 yeah to get yeah. on the team and I made it to the quarterfinals. I got bumped in the quarterfinals. So boom. He came, so Jive, that was a funny story, man, because Jive, man, he happened to see me. I went to go visit my aunt, and that, matter of fact, that night, I think I lost the by one point or something, but the individual, the individual that, that beat me, he was leaving town or whatever the case would be. So it was so happened, it was like, wow, it was fate. I was driving to go see my aunt, and he happens to live on that block. And I never oh, wow. knew. And he said, he said, yo, That's black. Crazy. He's like, yo, black. Yo, I've been looking all over for you. I was like, you ain't going to find me on social media. You ain't going to find me on social media because nobody know my name is Poetic Black. I, I go right. by my government name. So, you know what I'm saying? It, it all worked out, man. And that was that was a great experience, man. But that oh that gosh. that place have so that many place. Beautiful yeah. memories, man. So many Amazing. beautiful memories. Man. Amazing. It should be like a, a national like monument or something. Yes. Like. <laughs> yes. I know if you you if you look by the bar, right? When it, this is the first time, right? When I was on that stage performing for the slam to try to get on that slam team, I looked by the bar, and right by the bar, they still have it there. I'm I'm pretty sure. <laughs> There's a plaque right up by the bar that says poetic. Mm. And my name is Poetic Black. So when I seen that, I was like, look, I'm here. This I'm here. This, this is it. This is the sign. This is the Mecca yeah. right here. Great experience. But it's a great segue for you to do your final piece. Yes. That piece, that piece you was talking about, your, your staple piece. We need sure. to hear that. Take your <laughs> time with it. You ain't got to rush through it. The floor is yours. Let me set the stage up for you one final time. <laughs> Coming back to the stage in my Barry voice. You know, I got to come in my Barry voice. Coming back. Coming back to the stage. Coming back to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome for my sister and your sister, Jay Rose, the poet. So I'm going to do this piece. It's titled The Bad Bitch Syndrome. 
I see you admiring the Boricua jeans in my jeans. That's right. These curves were cultivated by rice and beans. Yeah, eyes devouring me as if they haven't feasted in weeks, but you're too blind to see that there's true gems in me. There's true gems in me. Do you hear me? There's true gems in me. My womb controlled by the moon like the waves of the seas. My strength fed by the labor fruits of Mother Earth and my path beaten yet resilient. Enduring more pain and suffering than any man can stand. The threshold's pretty high for what it's worth. So no, I'm no bad bitch. You see, bad bitches chew holes in your clothes and they bury your keys in the ground. I pierce your mind with spears of knowledge and I bury the notion that my body's your playground. Bad bitches play fetch and they don't even bring back the stick. I ain't got time for you games of that bullshit you spit. But you don't hear me though. You too busy breaking your neck to catch a glimpse of the switch in my hips. So no way, shape or form in my household pet. Get it straight, my dude. I'm no bad bitch. You see me? I'm a muse of my own creations. And I use the language of art to express who I am. But you, you seem to be lost in translation. I'm a soldier of my own revolution. And my battle cries will never fall upon your deaf ears. So here, middle fingers up. <laughs> Revel in this rebel solution. So for the last time, this queen from Queens is no bad bitch. See, bad bitches stay chained up to anything that'll hold them down. Meanwhile, I straddle my head held high, rocking wisdom on my crown. Majestic gems are fixed to my thoughts. I'm dropping jewels of guidance. Paradox of virtue through my pupils, they shine. And all you got to do is take a look in my eyes and see being a bad bitch is a false reality. My queens, you're the royal bearers of our future. You're the fire that simmers in the eyes of truth. Please understand that the last thing you want to be called is a bad bitch. Because bad bitches sleep outside and get beat with rolled up New York Times for shitting inside. You feel me? And that's my piece. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. You get two for that. You, you just can't get one for that, man. You get two for that, man. and eighth graders I performed it at uh, Rikers Island with the youth um, the incarcerated youth out there mm. so it's a it's a very important piece for me yeah that piece is official B that piece is everything because you get it they they get in tune with the oh yeah she a little baddie yeah 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 and then you wasn't <laughs> expecting that you wasn't expecting that that jewel you wasn't expecting them raises to come out of her mouth like that <laughs> Slicing, B. <laughs> Straight slicing. Oh, my goodness, man. Oh that piece God. is everything. My sister, thank man, you. I want to thank you for coming through. But listen, I need to know what can I do? What can I do to to, to promote J. Rose? What can I do? Anything. Let me know what can I do to be a part of this, man. Because you are phenomenal, my sister. You are thank phenomenal. You. And I really, really want you to understand that I really appreciate as an artist. I appreciate the amount of work you put in in curating these shows. You know, through a, we went through a whole pandemic and you didn't even bat an eye you just switch shit up and you just know what i'm saying and like yo we gonna still do this you know what i'm saying right. I, I first found out about you through my partner my homeboy man pain he came to me like yo yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah you see that that's that's my dude man we we got a group together you know what i'm saying and he hit me he's like yo he's like you're black 
yo, you you, you don't know my crumbled thoughts on 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 Instagram? I was like, I was like, who? He said, Jay Rose, Jay Rose the poet. You don't know who that is? Yo, B, go to her Instagram and check her out. So I was like, Aww. all right, let me go check it out. I was like, oh, I was like, yo, shorty dope. I was like, yo, she dope. So he was like, yo, man, I'm going to try to plug it. I'm going to try to plug you in to see if you can get an interview with her, man. She's big time, though. I was like, yeah, B. Yeah, B. You know what I'm saying? I love, yeah. I love the hype. I love it. Word, man, for real, though, man. But I appreciate you, Queen, for coming through and really, Thank you know, you. blessing the show, man, because I'm a relatively new podcast. I've been I've been up and running for about like seven months now. So I only have a year in yet. But you know what I mean? I'm diligent and I'm consistent and, I'm, and I want to consistently bring these different artists. And it's yes. platforms like yours that allow my show to exist because these are the places that I go to scout for talent to have Absolutely. as potential artists on the show so i really thank you and i really appreciate what you do and how your platform affects my platform and i and i really appreciate you my queen you're doing it out here what you're doing right now is is amazing you know it's necessary we need we need spaces like this to to continue putting artists on the map um you know so thank you for what you're doing um i i love it i love seeing it um, you know, and as far as like what you could do, I mean, the, my thing is, you know, tell a friend to tell a friend, you know, that word of mouth is, is there's nothing that beats word of mouth. You know, you can pay for all the, the sponsored ads on social media. You can like do all this other extra technical stuff, but there's nothing like, you know, telling a friend, That's right. hey, check this out, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, you know. Um, get those views up, <clears throat> you know, like definitely, definitely, y'all go subscribe, y'all definitely subscribe to her because she got a plethora me, you know? of stuff up there, man. I'm talking about some dope ass interviews, man. You got some dope ass interviews, man. Oh, but- I've I've interviewed people like Ursula Rucker mm. from from Philly. You know, I've interviewed you know people like Queen Sheba and like all. I've I've, I've interviewed legends, poetry legends, and you know it kills me that like not as many people know you know um but you know that's that's really the biggest thing um for me to to get support is like get people to, to tap in tap into the youtube channel you know there's there's the jero's experience show that's on there you know there's old episodes of what you say poet there's all the virtual voices are there mm-hmm. um you know and and that's really that's really it you know that's so the, the jero's the jero's experience it comes on what day it comes out it's usually every um, when we have a season to to roll out. We usually roll out new episodes every Tuesday. Okay. Um, we're in the middle of we just launched the fourth season, which was in. T- so I travel to different cities and I interview poets in these cities. Mm. So the last city we were in was Tampa. We've all, we've dropped the first five episodes. Um, we took a break. And then, like, I got really sick, so we're we slowed down. But we have another five episodes that we have to um drop um in the new year so that's going to be coming back um in a couple weeks um and it's all on the youtube channel the youtube channel is the rose garden events um that's my that's my platform um but that's where the j rose experience is you know and for me it's just i really i really want that show to blow up like Yo, I really, it's, it's on its way it's I on really its do. way it's on I its way like it's such a special 
show the 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 even the format of the show is amazing i have two guests every episode and they they each get to perform we do a group they do individual interviews and then a group interview together and then we play a, a random game at the end and it's like we just have fun and it's i just you know it kills me sometimes when i'm like yo this show is it's Golden. dope. It's dope. It's dope. And the concept, like, everything I need is these dope. Views. I need these views. Now listen, what I'm gonna, well, I would tell you this. I, I'm gonna put an open invitation out there for you because you came on, you did my podcast. It's an open thing. Trust me. Whenever you need black to come perform, I got you. You ain't gotta. Hell you ain't yeah. got. You ain't gotta worry about nothing. You ain't gotta worry about the the payments and none of that. <laughs> Don't worry about none of that. You know what I'm saying? When you call me, I'm gonna come, man. Right I'm gonna come, I man. And and that. that's and that's real love. That no no bullshit, man. You know what I'm saying? And I would definitely come and I'll perform. I would definitely yeah. love to be on the J Rose experience. Yeah, well, that would make you're my not, day. You're in New York, are you? Yes, are I'm you in New York. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. I'm, oh, I'm from. Word? I'm straight from Brooklyn. You don't hear the so, Brooklyn in my voice. <laughs> I, I, I could definitely hear New York in your voice. I just wasn't sure if you were still out here. Um, yeah, we actually are talking about doing the fifth season back in New York. Um, so I'm definitely going to be tapping into all my New York resources. Most definitely. I got you, I told my co-producer, he's like, that's, that's going to be the easiest season yep. to do because you, you got are, fans. You, know, people, you got fans. New York, we going to support you. waiting for me to come back that's to New right. York to film. That's so right. They, they ready. So, um, but yeah, that just, you know, that word of mouth is everything. You know, it, it really helps. Um, and I'm also here to like support other platforms and like any way I can help, you know, people hit me up all the time. I think I've set my, set the tone that like, I'm the expert in this world. Mm. So like, people do trust my judgment and they do trust when I say somebody's fire, they, they know, they know is not, is no cap. Definitely. <laughs> My sister, man, I appreciate you for coming through on the show, man. Thank you. And, and you're welcome back anytime, man, anytime. Uh, yeah. I would love to have you back on a panel discussion, get you with some other deep poets, and we oh, can all just yeah. powwow, you know what I mean? I, I, I would love Listen, to have that, you know what I'm saying? Just give me the time and the place. I put it in my calendar. So I'm, I'm there. Most deaf. Immediately. So let me, um, let me tell my audience, y'all go out and y'all – subscribe to the Rose Garden events. The Rose Garden events go on YouTube, become a, a, a subscriber yes. and uh, you can, you have access to all of the, the back episodes that came out. There are dope. It's a lot of content up there. I'm talking about each episode about like three, two hours, three hours, four hours. It's a lot of content of amazing artists. Yeah. You know what I mean? So y'all go and just subscribe. I subscribed off, off rip. You know what I'm saying? I'm a subscriber. I, I'm, I'm going to be paying close Close attention to that page because I feel it. I'm, I mean, the artists that you have coming on there. I mean, like, wow, you got musicians coming on there. You, I oh, seen yeah, guitar everything. people come with their guitars, their pianos. Look, I could do this, I could do that. It's the yeah. vibe is beautiful. You get belly dancers, yes, it's, it's, like yes. It's it's so much things. It's so many things out there <laughs> that crazy. that you know what I'm saying that platform it gives people hope. It gives people a platform where they can come and say, look, let me express what I can do. And let me see, you know what I'm saying, if if I get the response. Because, like, you never would have got on that stage at the New York. And even though you read your piece fast and all that, you would never be here today. 
you would never be here today. And my queen, we appreciate you. I appreciate you. you for coming through and, and spreading love. Y'all go out and check out J Rose, the poet. You follow her on all platforms. She's yes, my crumble thoughts, my crumble thoughts, thoughts. My yes. crumble thoughts on Instagram. You know what I'm yes. saying? Go check out she. And, and if you have never seen this woman, she is beautiful when Aww. i say drop dead gorgeous she's beautiful but that's besides the point <laughs> that's besides the point her, her her poetry is just immaculate and you know what i'm saying it's just so touching man so go check her out man she got something to say man y'all definitely go check her out thank once again you. i want to thank you i want to tell my audience i want to remind my audience to always always speak your word but let me depart giving my audience a little bit of a little bit of of inspiration as i always do when the show is about to end but yes spoken soul family i hope i hope by the time you're hearing this things in your life are coming together i hope you are in full pursuit of your dreams your aspirations i hope you're ready to initiate the process to become successful I want to remind these audience to please go out and support my sister J Rose the poet my crumbled thoughts on Instagram follow her on all social media platforms and show her love remember always speak your soul I love you and I hope you love me too peace peace